I'm excited about life. Hell yeah. Which is literally the first time I've said that since COVID. <laughs> uh, that's, you know, that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me lactate with rage. What? I'm, sorry, I'm looking at um Reddit posts for Glee. You're gonna have to unpack that, friend. Oh, there's a there's a line that Sue Sylvester has in season three, where I don't even remember the context. She just literally says, "I am lactating with rage." Okay, cool. I definitely don't remember that. I don't remember the context, but I remember the line. Solid. Um. Do 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 do. Nope, not the one ninety nine. That's not what I wanted to type. So, me being as totally prepared as I am right now, are we starting with the girls or the guys? The girls. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. So, without further ado, I'm Mickey. And I'm Kevin. And this is Who's Got the Sign? A podcast where we talk about our, our favorite characters in different pieces of media, whether that be TV shows, movies, musicals, what have you, and ascribe different star signs to the characters within. So this week we are talking about The 100, which is one of my personal favorite shows. However, I pretend that the last two seasons don't exist. So this is the first of two episodes on this show, simply because there are a lot of characters and... We want to have ample time to talk about them without making our podcast three hours long. So this Jesus. week we're going to talk about. <laughs> so this week we're going to talk about uh, the three main female characters, um, and we are focusing mainly on the first two seasons of the show because Kevin hasn't seen any more than that, and yeah. I have seen the whole show twice. Um, <laughs> Yeah, for context, I first watched maybe the first half of season one when the show came out back in, what, 2013, 2014, and I did not watch any more after that just because I fell out of the show. So I've only seen the first two seasons, so I'll be talking specifically based off that. And Mickey will try to do the same, but it, for fair warning, there will definitely be spoilers talked about up up to the end of season two and very much likely past that as well so if you haven't seen the show and you're really worried about being spoiled about any major things that happen i would recommend going to check out the show before listening to this episode yeah i'm gonna try really hard to keep things in the first two seasons but i have a hard time remembering what happened in season two and what happened in season three so, there's a very good chance that I will screw that up. <laughs> and we say this every episode, but I'll say it again just in case. We'll be talking about a bunch of different star signs for these characters, some in a positive way and some in a negative way. And just because we say something negative about a sign towards a specific character does not mean we think that sign is negative in total for everyone that has it. It's just what we think best fits the character that we're talking about. Exactly. Um, and an extra disclaimer for this particular one. I went to bed early last night and did not prepare for this, so I'm winging it. Yeah, so what we'd normally do is talk about, say what we would pick for each character, sun, moon, and rising sign at the beginning of talking about a character. I think for this episode in particular, because of our given circumstances, we'll just- My given circumstances? 
I was being generous, but <laughs> but because of given circumstances, we'll just go um, one sign at a time with each character instead of saying what we think each of their signs are right away. But without further ado, do you want to talk about our first main character that we'll be talking about today? All right. So the first character is arguably the main character of the entire series. Her name is Clark Griffin. And at the start of the show, um, the first thing you see is her in a prison cell. So basically the whole group of the hundred is 100 children who are prisoners. Because on the giant floating hunk of metal in space that these characters live on in the beginning of the show, all punishment is capital and punish... Let me start that over. All crime is punishable by death. So, any child who commits a crime, they don't want to murder children, so they stick them in a, in a prison cell until they turn 18, and then they basically kill them then. So, all of your main characters are 17 and under, and Clark in particular, a lot of people don't like her because she's a rich kid, or, well, I say rich, but there's no money. But she's, like, a spoiled, like, her mom is basically second-in-command to the leader of all things. And she grew up in the, like, nice part of the spaceship. So people call her princess and stuff like that. She's sort of, she tries really hard to keep things in, like, an organized sort of state. And all the other characters kind of just go, nah, we're not doing that. So in the first season in particular, she's, like, basically antagonized by every single other character. Yeah, so for Clark, um, like I said, we'll go first with her sun sign, talk about that, and then move on to her moon, and then rising before we move on to our second character. So I'll just start by saying that for Clark's sun sign, my guess was that she would be a Sagittarius. Okay. I was kind of thinking that as well, actually. I was looking at Aquarius for a second, but that doesn't really look like it applies at all. Um, I was thinking either Sagittarius or um, Libra for her. Yeah, and I said Sagittarius. Um, a lot of the traits that I picked out of there that I felt related to Clark was this need for personal freedom and emotional claustrophobia. Like Mickey described, all of the characters are locked up in the beginning, and then when they arrive on Earth, being part of the hundred juvenile kids sent to Earth to see if it's still habitable, all of them react very positively to being on the ground again. It's their first time ever being on Earth and not being in space. And I feel like for Clark especially, like, she really thrives in that environment being the like in the re what what could be described as like the real world for the first time uh, she's a very outspoken and blunt character but also a natural leader which are all traits of a sagittarius not having any trouble telling people what needs to be done or the truth on any matter uh sagittarius is also contended have reckless tendencies me and Clark does have quite a few of those in just between season one and two. She causes huge massacres that kill a ton of people and she puts her entire group's survival on the risk in many situations because she thinks that it's what's best for the group and has a plan that she thinks will help them, 
even if it's not fully substantiated, she's willing to take those risks in that leadership position to make those decisions. Yeah, that about sums it up. And that about sums it up for the entirety of the show, to be fair. Clark is very, very good at putting people in horrible situations just because she thinks it's what's best. And it makes people really mad at her all the time, but she doesn't change. There's a specific moment in season two when she... So in season two, the grounders who are people that have lived on Earth after the Ark went into space and have lived there since then, um, and Clark's group who call themselves the Sky People join together in an alliance to take back their own people who are being trapped in this place called Mount Weather. And Clark learns that Mount Weather is planning to bomb a camp that the grounders and the sky people are working together in. And Clark makes a decision to not tell everybody that this is happening and to let it happen anyways, because they have a spy on the inside of Mount Weather working to help Please them. Mulligan. <laughs> I'm well, sorry, I have no self-control, I had to. It's okay. <laughs> but they have a spy on the inside, and they think that it will um, release the fact that he's inside if they tell everybody about the bombing, because they're not supposed to know about it. And I think that is part of that reckless tendency thing, that she's mm -hmm. willing to put all those people at risk for what she considers to be the greater good of everyone. I definitely think that that makes sense, which I, that's kind of why that was my first like jerk thought was like, oh yeah, Sagittarius, okay. But actually, I looked on the wiki, and it does say that she was born in October of 2131, which puts her at either a Libra or a Scorpio. Personally, I don't see like anything about Scorpio in her at all. Maybe in some aspects about like the needing a lot of effort and, and concentration on tasks and like the the stubbornness of wanting to just continue going and making sure everything gets done that mm -hmm. aspect of it but i think um there's a lot of there's a lot of parts of the libra sign that are a lot about diplomacy and equality and trying to find balance between groups of people um and i see that a lot with her especially in the first season when she has, you know, herself and Finn and Wells who are all kind of like, you know, we need to we need to listen to what they told us to do up in the ark and we need to make sure that they know that the the ground is survivable so that they cannot die. And then she has Bellamy who's leading the other side of things, which is the chaos side of things, where he just decides that he's going to let people do whatever they want to do. Um, one of his most famous quotes in the whole show is in, like, the second or third episode when he says, uh, when someone says to him, what do we do now? And he says, whatever the hell we want. That's his whole thing in the, in the first season is, like, we are free of the adults. We can do whatever we want. He wants that to happen, basically. He wants the chaos. And so Clark is there trying to keep everyone under wraps while not pissing anyone off and that is completely impossible but she tries really hard which that balances is a big part of the personality of a libra so i definitely see that in her uh, there's I... a lot of stuff about 
being idealistic and, and stuff like that too, which I think is present as well. Yeah, I had seen uh, Libra Traits in Clark as well, and I that was one of the ones I was debating on going on. Um, I ultimately chose not to do that only because I had that as a sign for our next character. Okay. Um, for I think what I what I think are more is more present in the more present in the next character than it is in Clark. But yeah, I definitely see that like that balancing act thing going on with Clark. Um, she, especially you know her being a leader as well um being that person who wants to lead people and do what's right and sometimes you don't really know what that right decision is so i definitely think that fits in with clark there i just saw a whole lot more of the sagittarius traits in there than i did of libras i i agree with that i think i think clark's too fiery to be a libra like i know that that's what she technically is more or less um based on the information we're given in the show but she's kind of a bitch sometimes (laughs) and i feel like i feel like at least stereotypically libras are very like chill people and clark is not that clark is very high strung and she only gets worse as the show goes on i feel like so there's that information i guess all right and then i had Clark down as an Aries moon. Okay. Um, I said that because Clark, um, again, being that part of a leader, I think that Clark, the character, is a very emotional person. I think that she has a lot of feelings and they're very strong feelings, but because of her role as a leader in the group and also just the way she was raised in general with her mom, is that she's very fast to like get angry, but also very fast to like get over it and move on to the next thing and like work with what she's got on hand, which is a very Aries moon trait. Again, like I was talking about with the Sagittarius stuff where they can be blunt, Aries moons tend to be overtly honest um, with how they're feeling. Um, But like I said, they're not the kind of person who's gonna hold on to that anger and focus on it for too long they're going to be mad and then quickly get over it and move on to something else they're people they're the kind of people who you can tell how they're feeling pretty much just based on watching them or hearing them talk but they kind of hate to show weakness at the same time and i think that's kind of clark in a nutshell in the fact that it's very easy to tell what's going on with her but she does try to do this job of hiding her real emotions or being professional enough as a leader to not come across as super emotional or unable to handle difficult situations in the moment. Yeah. And I think um I think based on the information that you're given in the first two seasons that makes perfect sense. I think as the as the show goes on she develops obviously she develops a lot more as a character and her emotional side comes out a lot more i won't say too much because i don't want to i don't want to spoil a whole bunch of stuff that we aren't really meant to be talking about but i was looking i'm like scrolling through looking at little tidbits about each of the signs and i almost want to i almost want to give her either a virgo moon or a cancer moon okay because i think a lot of um a lot of the trouble that clark gets into throughout the show is that she sort of takes on this 
almost motherly role to like a whole bunch of the characters and gets super like emotional for no reason about certain things and it makes other people mad yeah. basically clark's whole personality is just making people mad for no apparent reason but she she has a lot of of like i said she she has a very like motherly nurturing sort of personality um especially towards people like jasper and monty and and later other characters that you <laughs> don't know <laughs> But there's a lot of uh, stuff in here about appearing irrational because people can't understand why she feels what she feels. It says, anyone who lives with you must accept your ups and downs and appreciate your need for times of withdrawal. So it's like the person that she ends up with, which of course at this particular moment in time is no one, but whoever she were to end up with has to like, know when she needs to take a break and allow her to have that time to herself because otherwise she's just going to kind of blow up and i definitely see aspects of that so i think i would go with cancer for her but i do see what you're saying and i think based upon the stuff in the first two seasons a lot of that is true because she does have to do that with the the short responses of, of emotion and then like getting over it she has to do that because she's the leader, and that's what leaders kind of have to do in post-apocalyptic situations. Yeah, I'm willing to go with cancer just because I'm looking over it right now and thinking about, you know, how it talks about being that kind of like motherly instinct and then also the mother being a strong influence on you, whether that be for good or ill in your life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Clark's mom, Abby, who we will talk about later tonight, um, I do think that she has a big influence on Clark and whether that is in a positive or a negative way, like it is a very big influence that her mom has on her. Um, and she kind of like reiterates traits that her mom had towards her onto other people and with her leadership skills. So mm -hmm. I think I'm, I'm willing to go with that for cancer. Like, like you said, the, in the first two seasons, mainly what we're seeing is her in that leadership role. But even then, like in her relationships with Finn or Wells or even like Bellamy, you know, it's interesting. I think you kind of see that motherly role take over with them as well. Mm -hmm. I feel like especially with Bellamy, because in season one, especially Bellamy's like an obnoxious 16 year old boy, even though he's literally like 21, 22. He's like the oldest character down on Earth by far and he acts like the most obnoxious teenage boy that you would ever meet like the kind of kid who purposely defies his parents and does whatever he wants even though he has specific rules that have been placed on him obviously there are no real rules because he's not even supposed to be down there in the first place but I think like, in, especially in season one, you know, you see, you see what's happening on the land and then what's happening on the arc simultaneously. And I feel like the relationship, uh, the leadership role relationship that Clark and Bellamy have and the conflict that's in there is very similar to what's going on in the arc with Marcus Kane and Abby. And I feel like that, again, reinforces that whole cancer 
um, trait about inheriting things from your mom. Mm -hmm. Parallels. We love them. Yeah, no, that you're you're one hundred percent right. It is. It I think it's meant to be an exact parallel between Clark and Abby. Of course, Kane's slightly less of a jerk than Bellamy in season one. I mean, but... he does try to get Abby floated. So <laughs> several times, actually. Oh, just I need you to keep watching this show after this because I need you to see what happens. <laughs> uh, trust me, I will. Good. Um, but I think thank God. I think I'm good to go with cancer there. All right. Dope. And then for her rising sign, so like the way people view her mm -hmm. um, on first instinct, I would say Capricorn for her. And I said that because a lot of the Capricorn rising traits um, describe a person as seeming practical, they're reliable, independent, and persistent, that they can be kind of stubborn in their views and also somewhat suspicious because you don't always know what exactly their plans are or what they're going to do. And I feel like Clark is that way for outsiders who don't know her when mm -hmm. she's originally in the hundred and she's not exactly the leader yet because people are more inclined to listen to Bellamy until things start going down with the grounders. Then they start listening to Clark. Mm -hmm. um, and then when she first starts the Alliance with the grounders in season two, you know, I think that, she appears much more practical and reliable and this kind of like silent leader type is the best way I can phrase it. Yeah. Um, like, I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. I think that's just how she appears first of all. And some of that is true and some of it isn't, but that's what I would imagine they would initially see her as. Yeah. I would either agree with that or I would go with Virgo for rising. Cause I think there's a lot of, of traits that are, basically the same between those two when it comes to rising um and that would be the the reliability and the being organized and stuff like that but with virgo it's um also this aspect of knowing how to be a caregiver um which i don't know if that necessarily would connect back to the the motherly type of role she gets or just simply the fact that she's pretty much their doctor yeah. Like, she's the only one who has any sort of medical training, thanks to Abby's career up on the arc. So she's the only one who who can be the sort of medic in that, in that situation. So I think that would possibly go more for her just for that reason. But I definitely think that it could be either of the two. Mm-hmm. No. I'm looking at the traits under Virgo rising right now, and there are a couple that I just don't see that fit Clark all that well. Um, that, like, them, loving animals part is a little weird. Yeah, loving animals part, the fact that they can be described as, like, elegant. I definitely don't think anybody looks at Clark as an elegant person. Yeah, I don't know. I think if I was going to... I would give Virgo rising to another character. Um, not, that they, not that I did tonight, but I think it fits much more for like our third character that we're going to talk about more so than it does for Clark. Fair. I have no idea which character you're talking about. <laughs> well, you will now because. <laughs> hey, I'm... I just like I looked at the the thing that I typed in our in our discord. I looked at it and I know. I know the order that I typed them, 
But the way that you were talking earlier, I was looking at it and I was like, huh? So for Clark, then, we have a Sagittarius sun, mm -hmm. a Cancer moon, and then either a Capricorn or a Virgo rising. Yeah, sounds okay. about right. So I'll talk a bit about the second character we're going to talk about tonight, and that is Octavia. Octavia okay, so I was right. <laughs> yes. So Octavia is one of the hundred who gets uh, sent down to Earth with Clark. Octavia is the sister of Bellamy, the younger sister, and she actually grew up on the Ark with no one knowing that she was a citizen there, because I guess it's technically a rule on the Ark that you can only have one child. Oh, it's super illegal to have more than one child. Yeah. So um, Bellamy... they have to conserve oxygen because they're in a spaceship that is 97 years old. Yes. Um, so Bellamy and Octavia's mother got floated because of Octavia being born and Octavia was arrested for being found out that she lived on the Ark without being a registered person mm -hmm. um, and then got put in the group to be sent down to Earth. Octavia is the character who initially introduces the idea of working with the grounders um, more before anybody else and a lot of this is due to the friendship come relationship that she forms with um, Lincoln, one of the grounders who... Uh, I she... love Lincoln! <laughs> yes, I love Lincoln a lot too. Um, but she ends up forming that relationship with Lincoln and um, trying to kind of be this mediator between grounders and the sky people. She's mm -hmm. one of the first sky people who learns about the grounder language and starts to adopt some of their traits and their fighting styles and all that into her own into her own world and she kind of is that character who walks the line between like working with the sky people and working with the grounders the mm -hmm. finest by being like accepting of both communities but yeah so for octavia for her son i had libra for her Really? See, I don't see that at all. But maybe oh. that's just because I know how she gets in later seasons. It might be that. A lot of the, I mean, the reason I said Libra is, again, because of that stuff I was talking about with her being that person in the group of Sky people who gets along with the Grounders and, like, adapts to their society more. Because Libra is that kind of balance sign they weigh the pros and cons of a situation and they kind of find that balance between the two communities um and because of that that kind of makes me think of her more as that like diplomatic and idealistic character who works best when in human relationships and again mm -hmm. that's part of like her in it becoming a part of like the grounder society to the point where she basically describes herself as one and yeah. I think other traits about Libras that I saw in Octavia was just the thing about wanting to be liked, and but being also indecisive and trying to be all things for all people. And I feel like Octavia kind of has that, where because of the fact that she grew up basically, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically isolated from the rest of society, that she doesn't know really how, like, other relationships are supposed to work and like is working through that process of getting to know people and like all of that and I feel like that whole 
stuff about being wanting to be liked and being indecisive comes with the territory of growing up in that kind of environment. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but I 1000% would give her an Aries. Okay. Why, um, why do you say that? Well, first and foremost, I definitely just think she's a fire sign of some sort because she just has that aspect of her personality where she's like, go, 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 go. But a lot of things about Aries, like, uh, it's just like impatience and doing things without thinking or planning them first. And that's how I feel like she is, especially in the first season when she just kind of runs off and goes and discovers the little um, clearing in the forest with the butterflies that are um, bioluminescent. She just kind of goes off and does that on her own without anybody telling her what to do. She just doesn't want to listen to Bellamy, even though all Bellamy wants to do is keep her safe. And that's the whole reason that he even sneaked onto the dropship in the first place was because he wanted to reunite with her and keep her safe and make sure that she was okay. She didn't care about that at all. She wanted to live her own life and be her own person, which is why she immediately started up a relationship with Adam when she was left alone with him for more than five minutes at a time. But a lot of... of Octavia's personality is just like, I want to do this. I'm going to get this started. It doesn't matter what anyone has to say. I'm going to do this. No matter how hard it is for me to do it, I'm going to do it. There's a lot of um, stuff like that for her. And there's also a bit about Aries um, where it talks about a childlike quality. Um, Now, Octavia is a literal child, of course. All of the characters are or at least all the ones we're going to talk about today are. But she has this naivete to her. And I think it's because of like what you said, how she literally lived under a floorboard for the first 15, 16 years of her life. She doesn't know anything about how to interact with people. So she does it in such a way that is very naive and childlike. Um, but it comes off as as more charming, which is what, it talks about in this little blurb about Aries. And I also just know that she gets super intense in later seasons. Something kind of breaks inside of her because of a very specific thing I will not spoil. I am being very conscious of how I speak right now. Probably for the best. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, there's so much to Octavia's character. She is absolutely like one of my favorite characters from the beginning to the end. She's actually probably the only female character that I like 100% of the way through the show. See, maybe this is because I've only seen the first two seasons, but I like a majority of the female characters and dislike a majority of the male characters. Valid. <laughs> Extremely valid. But I will not have you talking bad about John Murphy. <laughs> Again, we're talking about season one and two, John Murphy. Well, I know that. Yeah, I'm 100% aware of that fact. That's not relevant right now. But yeah, like, all of the things Octavia does are without regard for future consequences, without regard for what's supposed to be going on in the moment. She just kind of does stuff, whether that be running off in the forest and getting rescued, I guess, but also kind of kidnapped by Lincoln, or just, you know, making out with Jasper when he wakes up <laughs> from yeah. being unconscious for several days. It's just, 
that that I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm talking a lot. So I think like I'd be willing to go with it's either or um, because I mm -hmm. think I agree with a lot of the things you're saying about Aries for Octavia, especially that kind of like childish attitude, but also like charming personality that she has, because that's definitely there for her character. Mm -hmm. I think it just depends on like how you look at Octavia, um, because I do think like like you said, talking about how she she kisses Jasper when he wakes up, she gets into that relationship with Adam right away. And then there's Lincoln. Um, so she's very fast in these relationships with people. And I think, again, that goes back to that part of under Libra about wanting to be liked by other people. Mm -hmm. that, like, she's very fast moving in her relationships with other people. Yeah, there's also um, an aspect of Aries about being naturally athletic and energetic. Now, I, of course, where you are in the show, she's just started her training in the way of the grounder people, specifically the tree crew people. And she's just sort of started to, to learn how to wield weapons and stuff like that. Have you met Indra yet? Yes. In what capacity? Um, well, Indra is the second in command to Lexa, who is the commander of the grounders. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it, I she's pretty prevalent in season two. Okay. I won't say more than that then. All I'll say is she and Octavia get very close. I do know that Indra ends up, like, training Octavia. Um, like, she's the first grounder who kind of, like, teaches her more about the combat ways of being a grounder. Yes. Okay. So, once that starts, and continuing on throughout the rest of the show, um, Octavia gets more and more of that athletic aspect. You will, you will see that more. Than you do now i don't know i definitely just i i just think she's an aries <laughs> however however i would go for libra for moon okay i had pisces moon okay um i said pisces moon because i believe it talks about them having this innate understanding of how other people feel um being helpful and generous and sympathetic which can lead to them being taken advantage of Pisces moons tend to be emotional and moody. Um, they like a challenge in the work that they do, and they tend to work for those less fortunate than them. And I think, again, that goes back to the whole Octavia thing of her uh, being more accepting of grounders and more accessible to their ways and learning about their society and their language and their fighting styles. And I think she just has, like, a way of connecting with people easier than than the other characters do on that level, um, which I think goes to that being able to understand how other people feel without them having to say it. But again, I think like with that part of be of being taken advantage of easily, I think that also plays into part in that area because there's multiple times in season one and two where Octavia thinks that something is a good idea and then tries to do something and it ends up backfiring on her or other people in the group or even in the event even in like season two at the end when like they're trying to break people out of mount weather and the grounders end up making a deal with the leader of mount weather um to free their people and leave the sky people inside you know Octavia ends up being a little too trusting of 
some of the grounders that she's with, um, which ends up leading to them kind of betraying her in that way. So I am like reading through the Libra Moon thing now, and it, like half of it feels like it fits her exactly. Um, basically because of all the stuff that you said, um, talking about Libra's son with the sympathy and trying to make everyone happy and, and feeling like that. And what I was saying about Clark with that balance, it talks about how Libra moons need relationships and need people in their lives that they can trust and also just rely on to help them through their emotions kind of um it says you strive for peace harmony and perfect balance you avoid personal confrontations or any expression of intense unpleasant behavior or emotion i feel like that is a lot of the reason why she kind of avoids her brother because pretty much all he does is tell her that she's being insane and that she needs to like basically just do what he says and stay by his side at all times because he wants to protect her because my sister, my responsibility is, like, his main thing. Which, by the way, is wrong for so many reasons, but we'll get into that next week. <laughs> but yeah, so it's that kind of stuff that I would agree upon when it comes to Libra Moon, um, and why I would go there instead of um, for Sun for Libra. But there's also a part about you'll feel unsuited for menial physical labor and you hate to get your hands dirty, She's literally learning to be a warrior, so that obviously doesn't apply. But that doesn't mean that she wouldn't be a Libra Moon, of course. But yeah. the, your desire to be liked by everyone may cause you to seek peace at any price. Thus, you can be evasive on issues due to your desire to keep the peace. That two sentences there that I just read feels like her entire arc where she's trying to get... And of course, this is before everyone knows that Lincoln speaks English where she's trying to convince them to go along with her plan and and meet the grounders and whatever and of course that doesn't go well she just wants to keep the peace and she doesn't think about anything that could possibly go wrong she just thinks it'll it'll go exactly how she planned it because well she believes that it's right i mean she literally like poisons herself to get them to stop like trying to kill lincoln and yes. then to get the cure that they're trying to get to save, I think it's Finn's life at the time. Um, yes. Yeah, Finn's life. And yeah, so she's definitely will do rash things to keep the peace. Correct. <laughs> so I think I'm good to go with that um, okay. because I definitely think the Libra is in there. And whether that be sun or moon, like that, that part is a huge part of her. So I think I'm okay with going with that. Um, and then for her rising, I had her down as a cancer. Okay. Um, and I said cancer because cancer risings tend to move based off of their instinct and emotion. Um, that's like how people see how they act and what drives them is... Uh, more about like their emotional side and what they instinctually will do rather than a lot of mental decisions um, mm -hmm. they appear sensitive and gentle and dedicated to people and uh and like a goal but also can sometimes be seen as possessive of that goal or those people 
And another trait under that that I saw that I think kind of fits with Octavia, again, with that whole grounder adoption kind of thing, is her is a sixth, a sixth sense, I think just plays into the part of her so easily, like learning the grounder language and mm -hmm. like easily adapting to their way of lives that other characters have difficulty doing. Yeah, I would agree with that. My first instinct was to go for Leo for Rising, um, almost exclusively because of the first moment you see her when they first um, are getting out of the dropship, and she's the first one out of the dropship, and the first thing she goes is, Back, bitches! That's nothing if not dramatic. True, and Octavia is a very dramatic person in general. Yeah. I feel like... The problem with the description of Leo Rising that I'm looking at right now is that it is very much based upon this universe in this time period. So there's a lot of stuff about vlogging and makeup and stuff like that. And I feel like Octavia definitely would do those things if she were in this universe, but she is not. She is in 2131 in- or not 2131, 2148 or whatever with- post-apocalypse and she's lived under the floor for 16 years so obviously she doesn't do any of those things but i think she would there's a, there's a lot in here about about being energetic and carefree and fiery and stuff like that which i definitely think could apply to her in some respects especially like the first couple of moments that you see her in the show so i'd be willing to go with either Perhaps cusp. Are Cancer and Leo a cusp? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. End of July. I see. Yep. Yeah, you're right. All um, right then. Also, I didn't look, but I'm about to go to the wiki and see if it says her actual sun sign while I'm thinking of it. Nope, it just says born 2132. <laughs> it doesn't say what month. So we don't know. And most of the time, even when they do have canon birthdays, we don't entirely go off of just those either, so. Right, and we also don't necessarily agree with them either. Like, I think Clark's was somewhat accurate, but not fully. Also, I just want to talk about how Octavia has so many cool nicknames. <laughs> like, later on in the show, she gets called so many things that are so cool. My favorite is, um... I think it starts in season three, I want to say, but they call her Sky Ripper, huh. which in Trigetta slang means death from above, which is, of course, what happens when she starts learning more of the grounder way of, of fighting, of yeah. course. So there's a lot of things she gets called, and a lot of them I can't say without having to spoil a lot of things, so I won't. <laughs> but wowie. There's so much that we can't talk about. <laughs> There's so much that I can't talk about. You're because right. we don't know half of it. Yeah. So not only am I trying not to spoil it for people who are listening, but I'm trying not to spoil it for you. I appreciate that. Also, um, have people started calling her Grounder Pounder yet? <laughs> uh, no. And I want to move on before we figure out why. <laughs> I don't remember that happening, but apparently it does. That has horrible implications. Alright, so Octavia we had as an Aries sun, a Libra moon, and a Cancer or Cancer Leo Cusp rising. Yes. 
Alright, and do you want to talk about our third and final main character of the night? Yes. Okay, so our third character that we're talking about, at least in this much detail, um, is Raven Reyes, who you don't actually meet until, I think, the second episode, whereas all the other characters are introduced in the first one. Um, I say all the others like we haven't talked about literally two people. But... <laughs> But anyway, Raven is first and foremost a mechanic slash engineer for rockets. Is that accurate? Yeah, she's like, it, it's basically what she does. Yeah. She's an engineer on the arc. Yeah. So um, she's, she's the youngest. Yeah, that's what it is. She's the youngest uh, zero G mechanic in the history of the arc. So she's the youngest person, not even the youngest woman, the youngest person, period, to be a mechanic in the zero gravity, like, chambers of the Ark. And she was originally not going to be allowed to do that because she has some sort of a heart defect. What that is, I can't remember. But she wasn't originally going to be allowed to, and then she was allowed to anyway, because of course she was. And she's like the coolest person ever and i wish i could be her friend she and finn who is a giant asshole i was gonna try to put it lightly but nope get out of my face moth jesus it literally flew into my glasses so raven and finn have been best friends basically as long as they can both remember and they eventually they started dating when they were like 15 or so, I think. But of course, when Finn gets sent down to Earth, Raven doesn't because what happened was uh, Finn took the fall for something Raven did because Raven was already 18 and he was still 17 when it happened. So she would have immediately gotten floated, which is tossed out of the spaceship with no spacesuit. Suffocate, bitch. <laughs> yeah, basically. But also, she just, like, does all this cool stuff. She builds walkie-talkies, she makes bullets, she builds bombs and stuff, and all these, like, weapons and things um, for the hundred to use when they're on Earth to, to help them live better. <laughs> so maybe this is a bit too on the nose, but I did have Taurus down for Raven's son. I would agree with that. Yeah, and I, I say on the nose because Taurus, one of their most well-known traits is working with their hands and mm -hmm. just being a hard worker in general, which is Raven to a T. She's probably the most hands-on person out of the whole cast when it comes to doing things to help them um, mm -hmm. in any situation. You know, they rely on her a lot for her ability to build things, and she's very good at analyzing situations and finding solutions to them. Um, the other traits about Taurus that I saw in Raven, and we mentioned this for other characters in the past, is this fear of losing other people. And I think in the sense we of the hundred, at least in the first two seasons, we see this with her relationship with Finn and how she reacts to it. Mm -hmm. um, when they're presented with that fear of losing someone, they can become very jealous and possessive. And I do think at least in the beginning, when she comes down to earth and she learns about Clark and Finn having a relationship um, and him 
basically cheating on her. Oh, a thousand percent. Things are worst. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, not to defend cheating, he didn't know if he was ever going to see her again. It doesn't make it okay. But I can at least understand that, like, there was a very high chance Finn and Raven were never going to see each other again. But still. But still horrible. At least tell Clark. At least tell Clark, yes. Instead of just, like, letting Raven make out with you the second that she sees you when she wakes up from being unconscious when she lands, uh, at least, at least say something. Yeah, Finn ain't the smartest character. <laughs> So awful, I hate him so much. And we'll talk about him a little bit next week, but there's a reason Finn's like one of the first major characters to die. And part of it is because he's he's not smart. Is he the first major um, character? I think he I don't know if there's I mean, unless you count Wells, but I really don't. I mean, I guess you could count Wells or you could count Anya. I but... guess. To be fair, when it comes to Wells, he is a really big part of the book series. Which, fun fact, The Hundred Show is based on a book series. Except for the only the first book was written at the time of the show being developed. So they developed entirely separately. So the TV series and the book series have the same characters, but they are completely different. And I have yet to read the books, um, but I do know that Wells doesn't die. Interesting. So... But yeah, I mean, those are all the reasons I said for her to be Taurus, and I feel like we're in agreement on that. Yeah. The only other sign I might give to her is Virgo, um, because well, of the perfectionism aspect. I had that down for her moon, so... Okay, valid. I, uh, but yeah, the perfectionism aspect and the being organized, I feel like she has to be organized when it comes to the things that she builds, because, like, you can't just do stuff like that without knowing what you're gonna... what's what. So Virgos are very detail-oriented and very, like, curious and inquisitive. Um, and I definitely think that that applies to Raven. I don't necessarily think that the aspect of, of needing to develop a positive outlook on life is that relevant to Raven. Except for maybe in season three, for reasons I won't get into because it's basically half the plot of the season. But... I do think a lot of it is, like, pushing to be perfect and do everything right the first time. And I do think that a lot of that applies to her. And I think she especially struggles after her leg gets injured because she can no longer do, like, a lot of the things that she was doing before because she now has um, a physical disability. But I think either of those would fit. Of course, they're both Earth signs, so clearly that's probably why. <laughs> yeah. But I would, I would be more inclined to go for Taurus simply because of the working with their hands part. I, I mean, that's why I had Taurus for her sun and Virgo for her moon. Yeah. Um, because I see both of those in her. Um, mm -hmm. I had her for Virgo under the moon. Uh, it, for some of the traits under Virgo are the same under Taurus, like the um being able to analyze situations easily yeah. um, and being like down to earth and working hard. Um, other traits that are more emotion based is like you were talking about, she kind of seeks perfection, not only in herself, but in other people. 
Um, and she's very hard on herself when she's not able to meet the standards that she expects for herself. Again, relating back to the fact that she's injured and isn't able to do as much as she once was able to do. Yeah, I 100% would agree with that. I definitely think Virgo's in there somewhere. So I think Moon is the perfect place to put it. Um, there's also the aspect of of um, cautious about showing other people how they feel. And I don't think she's like that until Finn cheats on her, until she finds out about that. Um, and then from that point forward, it's like she was hurt once and doesn't want it to happen again. And I feel like now this could very much just be my excessive consumption of fan fiction for this TV series. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not ashamed to admit it. I read a lot of fan fiction, especially about the hundred, but I can't decide if the things that I am about to say are canon or just how she's c consistently characterized in in fan fiction. But she, I feel like, loses some sense of of herself once she loses Finn, and particularly once he dies, because she and him were together for so long. And they basically depended on each other for their whole childhood because his family was nice and great and hers was kind of awful. Mm. Her mom was an alcoholic and treated her like trash. Um, so she spent a lot of time with Finn and his family as a kid. So she doesn't know how to live without him. And she doesn't know how to have those same kinds of feelings for other people. Because she doesn't feel like it's going to be sincere anymore because Finn said all these things and did all these things. And then the second that he was away from her went and started having sex with another girl. Yeah, so I think a lot of the, a lot of the emotional aspects that Raven sees uh, or that we see from Raven rather are things that stem from Finn. Yeah. Which is upsetting for so many reasons. Yeah. Remember, this is a CW show, so <laughs> can't expect, um, you know. If I know anything about the CW, it's that they love to torture their main characters. They're also homophobic. Um, uh, too, but we're not going to get into that. And then for her rising, which I think might be the only thing we disagree on, uh, I had her as a Scorpio. Okay. Um... I don't necessarily disagree, but I don't think I 100% agree either. The reason I said that is because I think from the outside perspective, Raven appears as a very strong and rational uh, person. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, like, because of that, that can sometimes lead to, like, she doesn't show her emotions a lot to people that she doesn't know. So it can make her seem like mysterious, which is a big part of like the Scorpio um, rising that they can appear that way. Um, and also like super independent and self-willed, which I think a lot of that is true for Raven. But I think like that whole her being so guarded about her emotions, at least with people that she doesn't know very well, leads to people like kind of not really knowing what to expect from her that makes sense the only other thing i could think of to go with would be i don't know maybe aries um 
And again, I think that might be largely due to either later seasons or simply modern, <laughs> current day um, AU fanfiction. Can we tell that Raven is the main character in most of the fanfictions I read? <laughs> I mean, she has main character energy, so I get it. She does, and Clark doesn't. <laughs> I'm mad about it. I think, I, I can see what you're saying, though, because a lot of the traits, like the listed traits under Scorpio, are the same under Aries. Intimidating, even. But the competitiveness, I think that could be viewed from a, a sort of standpoint of she's competitive with herself. Like, she wants to, to outdo what she's done, and she wants to overcome her, her disability and do things that people don't think she can do and stuff like that. And then as for what it says, uh, a trailblazer who leaps before you look and asks for forgiveness, not permission can be applied to the whole thing with Abby in the in the little pod that she launches off and goes to Earth in. They do that secretly without telling anyone and just like does it without even thinking about it and is like, yeah, I'll I'll figure it out later. It's fine. So I think I think either of those would make sense. I think it depends on how you look at her. So I think we're good to go with a Taurus sun, a Virgo moon, and a Scorpio or an Aries rising. All right. And then, so that's our main characters for the evening. And now we're going to move on to some of the side characters who, since I only watched the first two seasons, some of these characters were in it very minimally. So I may not have a lot to say for them, but others I do. So we'll just see how this goes. Yeah. Also, not me thinking we went through that pretty quickly and it being an hour and 11 minutes. It's fine. <laughs> fine. Everything's fine. Um, anyways, so the first one of our, our side characters is, um, as mentioned before, the way we're going to talk about later, our first character is Abby Griffin, who is Clark's mom. Now, she's the only person that we're going to talk about today who is still up on the arc, at least through season one. Yeah, I couldn't remember when they came down. <laughs> I, wasn't, I was trying not to spoil it in case it hadn't happened yet. Um, but yeah, she's one of the older characters, um, as is Indra, and the rest of them are all teenagers. So Abby is a doctor. She temporarily serves as chancellor, who, which is the word they use for the leader of the arc in this instance instead of like president or something she basically does whatever she wants no matter the consequences she got her own husband killed because she disagreed with something that he wanted to do and told people about it when she shouldn't have yeah to be um, fair, though, he probably would have gotten killed either way. It was just worse because it was directly her fault. She almost babies Clark a little bit, I think. Now, I don't know if that's simply because Clark's her only child. But then again, every single person only has one child except for Bellamy and Octavia's dead mom. So, I don't know. But she's... Uh, Abby irritates me. Yeah, I'll that. 
I will say that for Abby and these other characters we're going to talk about, we're only saying what we think their sun sign is and giving like a short one to two sentence like explanation as to why. Um, and for Abby, I said a Taurus um, for a lot of the same reasons that I said about Raven for a Taurus, um, being very hands on with her work. She's a doctor. And also just like having that kind of reliable attitude she kind of appears as like a leader to people and being very compassionate and loyal for the people that she cares about i'm trying to think i don't remember see now when i i've started to rewatch the show again for this but i only got part way through season one because i got busy working and stuff um so i'm trying to remember how abby is in the first two seasons because a whole lot of stuff happens for her in later seasons and she basically becomes a completely different character so i'm trying to like separate that out in my head well you can say like what you think she would be based off the whole show you just don't need to say like exactly why yeah i'm trying to figure it out <laughs> i almost want to say gemini okay because she's kind of wishy-washy yeah i can see that she um she has her own opinions most of the time but the way that she gets them across is very different depending on who she's talking to and what they can do for her so she wants to like learn and know things and be in the midst of everything and of course she is very smart she has a doctor she's literally called dr griffin like she has an actual doctorate or at least the equivalent of such. But there's a lot of it, like it's, um, it says Gemini sun natives are friendly, intelligent, talkative, versatile, curious, perceptive, intuitive, and logical. All of those things I feel like apply to her. She's very smart. She talks a whole bunch and she knows a lot about how people are feeling, especially like Clark and other people that she's close to. Like she can instantly be like, something's wrong. What's going on? But it also refers to Gemini's as impatient, critical, restless, and two-faced. And I also kind of think a lot of those things apply to her, if only because she does things without very much regard for waiting for the okay, or waiting for people to do things with her. And that can be seen in the, in the um, first season when she is operating on Jaha's bullet wound and she uses like way more I think it's morphine than she's like legally supposed to um to save his life because he's like waking up during his surgery which is a bad thing obviously side note there are so many times Jaha should have died and didn't and I got mad about it but yeah so there that moment you see her doing in the moment what she wants to do and what she thinks needs to be done and doesn't pay attention to what she's supposed to do and then the same thing with raven and the rocket like i was saying earlier yeah i can see all that um for our next character we have indra who is kind of like the second in command to lexa the grounder chief or commander i said for indra either virgo or scorpio i said virgo because they are kind of like those problem solvers, hard workers, and focus primarily on like the work they have to do, which I think 
uh, Indra is very work focused, at least from what I've seen in the first, uh, in the second season, at least when she appears. Mm And I said Scorpio for similar reasons because they're very hard workers, but they're also very rigid in their views of the world and other people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that fits Indra because she has a very hard time opening up to Octavia and the other Sky people because of their uh, past negative relationships. Yeah, I would give. I would say either Scorpio or Capricorn instead mm-hmm. of Virgo for for Indra. A lot of of Capricorn is like hard work, like you were saying, but also doing anything it takes to do their own work. Being very methodical and traditional is part of that as well. Um, And I think that goes to what you were saying about being rigid in how they believe about other people, like what you were saying with Scorpio. But she's also very stubborn and suspicious, which are the quote-unquote negative aspects of Capricorn. And I think that a lot of of her in later seasons, she very much opens up and kind of loses some of that. But at that point, it's less about, like, how she knows people. Or at that point, it's less about how she actually is and just the fact that she is more comfortable with these people and therefore is more open to them. Um, So I think Capricorn. I like when you said this was supposed to be one to two sentences. Well. (laughs) I'm... I'm keeping it short, to be honest. True. Um, Our next character is Amori. And this is one of those characters that I personally don't have a lot to say of. Because um, Amori is in one episode of season two. Really? I thought she was in so much more than that. She's in season two, episode 12. For about 15 minutes. And in that time, she flirts with John Murphy. And then knocks him out and leaves him (laughs) so pretty much exactly what their whole relationship is to be honest yeah um the only thing i had to go off of was her talking about being banished from her tribe um, Mm -hmm. of grounders and the only thing that i could find for that was under gemini where it just says they change as the circumstances around them change so Mm-hmm. literally the only thing I had to go off of for her. I would agree with that, actually, to be honest. Imori is very much about, like, keeping herself safe and later the people that she loves, which equates to about five people. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even exaggerating. It's literally Murphy, Raven, Echo, who I don't know if you've met yet, Yes. Yeah, briefly? Briefly at the end briefly. of season two. In the cage with Bellamy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then... Hang on. Murphy, Raven, Echo, Bellamy, and then Monty and Harper. Those are her group. That's it. Those are the only people that she like actually cares about. Mostly just Murphy and Raven. Those two. Fair. Um... But she, yeah, she likes to just kind of, she's a very much a nomadic kind of person. And you you see that in the brief moment that you, you do see her when they're out in the desert. She's just with this group of, I think it's like her brother and some other dude. And that's it. Like, they're just kind of going around. And it's because of, they have um, 
they were born with like genetic mutations. So she has mutated hand. So one of her hands has like really long fingers and they're kind of fused together. So it looks sort of like uh the only the only analogy I can make here is the 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 live long and prosper Star Trek thing. Um that's kind of what her hand looks like all the time. But so because of that, she was kind of exiled and is sort of forced to live this this life of 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 nomad nomadicness is that a word i don't know i'm gonna go with it but yeah she's gemini is the only thing i can think of for her maybe i don't know maybe maybe libra later but yeah there's really not much for me to go off of right now. yeah i'm trying to maybe scorpio would also fit i'll be more prepared next week i promise (laughs) (laughs) anyway Moving on. Our next character that we're going to talk about is Maya, who is only relevant in season two. Um, and like a little bit. <laughs> yeah, she did. Um, but uh, she's relevant in conversations in seasons three and four, I think. But season two is the only time you actually see her as a character. She's a very sweet girl. She was born in Mount Weather and lives with her father. And so I don't know how we managed to not talk about Mount Weather before now, but I'm going to say something briefly about it. Basically, it's a mountain and inside of it is a whole community of people who lived there to survive the nuclear apocalypse, which is what triggered everyone to go into space and... Started the whole show, basically. The people of Mount Weather are protected from radiation and can't go outside of the mountain or they will die of radiation poisoning. Is that how it... Radiation poisoning? Yeah. Radiation sickness. That's... Yep. I'm having a hard time tonight. Holy cow. But yeah, so she she's very sheltered. She just lives among the people of, Nor- of Mount Weather and vibes. And then falls in love with Jasper. Yeah. So, like, there's not a whole lot to go off of Maya again, because she's only in, like, a season. Yeah. Um I put her down as a Pisces, only because I feel like with Pisces, you get that kind of, like, two fish going in different direction thing symbol. And I feel like Maya kind of has that going on where, like, she's lived in Mount Weather her whole life, so she's used to that. But she also knows what they're doing to the juveniles in... Uh, from the sky people is wrong like killing them so they can live outside like she knows that's wrong so like there's that kind of conflict for herself yeah i think it's really weird how much on the same page we are with this we're never this much on the same page but i would agree with that she just like she feels for the people from outside and wants to help them and ropes her father into helping them as well. Of course, that doesn't dies. go well, but, you know. Everybody dies. <laughs> yeah. Big giant spoiler there. But every single person in Mount Weather dies. <laughs> Except for three? Carl. Carl. Good old Carl. Um, He's a piece of work. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Um... 
Pisces people are very romantic and sentimental and caring about the people that they love, and I think that that fits Maya really well, um, both for Jasper and the other uh, guy crew people, but also to her father. So yeah, I'll yeah, I'll just stop talking. <laughs> How many times have I said that this time? Three at least. Um, anyway. Fine. Our next character is Harper, and I'm going to be honest, I literally don't have anything, because here's what I know about Harper. Um, she's part of the 100, and she got bone marrow taken out of her. That's I thought you I were going to stop there. No, just those two things. Okay. Um. So, I kind of didn't realize Harper was so irrelevant in season two. <laughs> I, I really thought she was more relevant or I wouldn't have told you to to do her. Um I mean, for she's she's the first character that like undergoes a bone marrow experiment. So like she's significant in that regard. She kind of shows herself more in season three and four. She's a very sweet character in all respects. She's just this kind of chill, quiet goes with the flow kind of girl she and monty get together spoilers yeah but like they're one of the most well-known couples in the show so i don't think it's that big of a spoiler for me to say yeah, that i, I already um, know about that yeah but um yeah so she and monty are kind of two peas in a pod in that respect they're both sort of sweetie quiet intellectual type people you know that um, Marge Simpson um, meme where she's just holding the potato and she just says, I think they're neat. That's how I feel about Harper. <laughs> that's kind of valid. I kind of don't really know what to give her for a sign. Maybe Libra. I think that would work for her. Yeah, I'll go with that. All right. We won't elaborate on why. <laughs> Alright, and then the only other side character, who arguably isn't even a side character, but to be fair, she's not around for very long. Um, the only other side character that I have um, is Lexa, who is probably as important as Abby is out of the side characters. Mm -hmm. um, she's introduced in season two as the commander of the Grounders, um, and she kind of, she in season two, she works alongside... Clark to um, defeat Mount Weather and save their people, and she's very like grounder oriented, oriented and focused on like doing what is right for the community rather than what's right for the individual person. Um, yeah. So for uh, for Alexa, I had her down as a Leo. Um, I think that Alexa does have some of that dramatic flair from being like a leader, and. Um, I think, like, she has that kind of lion quality about her that, like, the Leo is based on, that she's, like, very strong and independent um, and, like, demanding of your attention and your respect. Yeah, you know, I think you're right. I'm, like, looking at the information about Leo sons right now, and it's dignified, which is a big one, ambitious, and loyal are both big ones as well but also demanding, intolerant, domineering, all of those things, yes. 
Um, <laughs> but she has this whole thing where she thinks emotions make you weak and you have to stay strong so you're not allowed to like feel anything in this world that they're in. And basically her relationship with Clark, which basically starts from the moment that they meet, um, is about Clark trying to teach her to have those emotions and that she's allowed to feel them and it, it doesn't make her a weak person. So I think that a lot of that comes back to the aspect of Leo where they appear strong on the outside, but actually get their feelings hurt really easily and then they can turn on the object of their affection really easily if they are uh, upset or their pride is wounded that's why i don't like lexa very much i know that's a really unpopular opinion also if you don't watch the show you probably still know who lexa is because there's a whole ton of controversy <laughs> about lexa personally I don't care. But that's just me. So yeah, I think Leo makes sense. Alright. Well, that's all the characters that we're going to talk about tonight. Um, we covered all of the girls in this video. Or this podcast, I should say. The same At video. The important ones. Yeah, all of the important girls. And then Harper. Um, <laughs> uh, Harper's then... important, just not yet. And then next week, we'll talk about all of the boys, uh, the important uh, guys from the 100. Um, so look forward to that episode. Uh, you think I was long-winded tonight? Wait till I talk about John Murphy. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I will please. try to rein it in, I promise. But oh my god, I love him so much. <laughs> It'll definitely be an interesting episode. Um, so please join us next week for that episode. Uh, if you like this one, please go check out our other ones that we've done so far. Um, we've done things on Black Friday, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, and The Breakfast Club. So if any of those fancy you, if you haven't listened to them already, please go do so. But aside from that, I hope you guys liked listening tonight, and we'll see you again next week. I also <laughs> promise I'll be more prepared next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Who's Got the Sign. If you liked the episode, consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us spread our audience to more people. If you have any questions, suggestions, or just general thoughts, feel free to send them to Who's Got the Sign, no question mark, at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Twitter is at Who's Got the underscore sign, and our Instagram is at Who's Got the Sign. 